Welcome to a great day for Hockey Talk. Brought to you by our founding partner, PPG, official paint of the Penguins. Here's Paul Steigerwald. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of It's a Great Day for Hockey Talk. I'm Paul Steigerwald. Our podcasts up to this point have been guest-centric. This one's a little bit different. We have guests. We have former players. We have current players. We even have a writer who really has covered the Penguins for many years. If you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise over the years, it's been star-driven. Obviously, the Penguins have had perhaps the greatest player in the game for decades. Mario Lemieux, Yarmir Yager, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin. When you're a star-driven franchise, as the Penguins are, though, there are going to be times when those stars are absent, when they're injured. How do you deal with that? Well, the Penguins have dealt with it amazingly well, and they're doing it again. Sidney Crosby had missed 28 games prior to returning to the lineup on January 14th against the Minnesota Wild. During that time, the Penguins were 19-6-4. It's part of the Penguins' DNA, resilience, and that's the subject of our podcast. What's happening this season is nothing short of miraculous. Thank God the Penguins have had Evgeny Malkin while Sidney Crosby's been out of the lineup. Brandon hit the deck right atop the crease as the Penguins motor back out with it. It's Brian Rust through the neutral zone. A right wing feed for Cahoon. Into the right circle for Malkin. Wrist shot scores! Gino Machino puts the Pens in front with 4.17 to go in regulation. Gino is averaging 1.35 points per game in Sid's absence. But the story's bigger than that. There are a lot of people picking up the slack. The Penguins had the fourth best record in the NHL behind Washington, Boston, and St. Louis when they returned from sweeping their Western road trip on January 13th. As Kevin Allen, longtime writer for USA Today, noted, the Penguins have forged a resilient identity as a franchise born of overcoming adversity since the early 90s. I think we always talk about a winning culture, and we believe, I think, in hockey that it can be passed down from generation to generation, almost tribal. Uh, the way it comes from one team to the next and with the holdovers and leadership. And I think that's what's happened with this um, ability to overcome injuries. I mean, I think it dates all the way back to the championship uh, seasons of, uh, you know, 91 and 92, you know, the Lemieux teams, uh, you know, as everyone recalls who was older, uh, he had a wonky back. He ended up with a broken hand. And in those two seasons, he only played half of the regular season games and, um, you know, it was always touch and go uh, whether he'd be able to play a, a playoff game. They had to lace his skate, someone else did, and he had to go. And I, and I think, you know, in, in that era, everyone sort of, uh, you know, embraced this idea that when Mario can't go, you know, it's everyone on the oars, we got to row a little harder. And I think as each one of those teams uh, move forward in history, I, I, I think that uh, <clears throat> message has been carried on. And, of course, you know, Sidney Crosby um, was mentored by uh, Mario Lemieux, and he was the next superstar, and he's carried that forward. So, you know, I, I think we, we're at, we've we gotten to the point where we are today where, you know, first Malkin gets hurt, um, you know, and uh, everyone pulls a little harder. And, of course, Crosby's been hurt, and Dumoulin's been hurt, and now they have Jake Gunsel out. And each time, I think, for most teams, that would have been debilitating. But for the Penguins, it's, well, here we go again. Lock and load, and let's uh, uh, try to uh, you know move forward on this. And I, I think there is something to it. I, uh, I really believe that uh, this is just part, as you said, part of the DNA of the Penguins. Uh, and nobody wants to be the guy that, um, 
you know, can't can't do that. I mean, that's part of being a Penguin. And Kevin, I is a guy who covered the National Hockey League at large, and you know, other Cup champions. And uh, there is something about adversity, something that happens uh, uh, throughout the course of the year. Often, the teams draw upon to to uh, use as fuel for when they're faced with any kind of adversity in the playoffs. Don't you think? Oh, for sure. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's learning to, uh, it, it, you know, it creates a mental toughness uh, to be sure. But I also think it's, it's a distraction, um, you know, from the mission. <clears throat> you know, you're so busy just trying to make sure that everybody uh, works a little harder that you forget that, you know, you got to win eight of your next 10 or, you know, 10 of your next 12. Um, and, um, you know, usually, as you said, uh, you look at all of the uh, championship teams, um, there's been a little side mission. You know, let's look at Washington where, um, you know, the, the Capitals had never won under uh, Ovechkin. And uh, look at last season when they were last in the uh, uh, league in, in early January, and that became, a uh, you know, a rallying cry. Um, and in the last, uh, the back-to-back uh, Penguins championships, injuries, both of those. No Latang one year. Uh, Trevor Daly gets knocked out. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you get these little side missions and, you know, the focus is on just overcoming that and it doesn't seem so daunting uh, as trying to win, win a cup. So um, I, I think adversity and overcoming it is just part of uh, winning. And I think uh, everybody deals with it differently, but it's the ones who find a way to conquer it that end up uh, uh, lifting the cup over their head. The 2019-20 Penguins are capturing the imagination of Penguins fans the world over. Their record without Sid is just part of the story. It's not just the results. It's the way they play, their work ethic, their indomitable belief in each other and in themselves as individual players. The first time I remember the Penguins thriving on adversity as they're doing now was in 1990 when Badger Bob Johnson was instilling his positive attitude right from day one. Mario was literally bedridden with a horrible back infection on his 25th birthday. And when the Penguins opened the season without him in Washington, Badger Bob Johnson didn't have an Evgeny Malkin to lean on back then, but he did have a very creative and productive John Cullen and Kevin Stevens and Mark Recchi. All three players were in the final years of their contracts. They were all playing out their options so they became known as the option line. Here's some perspective for you on just how much of a sea change was occurring from the start of that season. In 1989-90, Mario played only 59 games. He missed 21 games, and the team went 1-10-2 down the stretch. Mario returned to the lineup for the final game, which the Penguins needed to win to make the playoffs. They lost in overtime 3-2, and it turned out to be a very valuable loss in the long run, because the Penguins were able to select Yaramir Yager fifth overall the following June in the draft. For the first six years of Mario's career, if he was out, the Penguins had no chance. In 86-87, he played only 63 games. He missed 17, and the Penguins missed the playoffs by four points. After his team missed the playoffs on that final night of the 89-90 season, general manager and interim coach Craig Patrick vowed that the team would never miss the playoffs again as long as he was general manager. He had planted a seed for future seasons. Mark Recchi was a future Hall of Famer. He and Stevens and Cullen had blossomed into legitimate 30-goal scorers in 89-90. But when Badger Bob put them together, they got off to such a great start in the absence of Mario 
that the team really began to believe for the first time in the Lemieux era that it could compete successfully without Mario in the lineup. Recky, now an assistant coach for the Penguins, remembers. You have a group of guys that are all willing to buy in and do do whatever it takes to win for you know for each other and for the team. Uh, you know, you know, the, it just it's going to lead to good things, and and uh, you know that year did. And then when you get obviously when you get guys back and and uh, you know and you keep pulling in the same direction together, it, it makes a huge difference. Do you remember having gone through the previous? periods of where like you, there wasn't that belief necessarily in place yet that you could win without Mario it was he was such a because every time he, he was out of the lineup the team lost so was there a sort of a, a newfound uh, level of success that just came as a result of the the necessity to play better without him you know? well absolutely and, and you have to you know like we you know we're all proud we're all proud players too and, and you, when you lose your your your, your best player and are you really the best player to play the game and, and uh, in the in the, the you know at the time as well and you know you have to find ways to to be become a, a real good team and and we did and, and and guys you know we're not you never replace a guy like that but you know but overall as a group you know together as a team we we found a way and and you know we had brian trache and joey mullen we had some terrific leaders in there that had been successful that i think made a big difference for the dressing room as well like they'd, they'd won and uh you know they helped with that attitude no question about that and you laid a foundation early in the year you guys don't you think for for further success yeah there's no question we did and and you know then it's you know when you go through injuries and you've already laid a foundation right from training camp um you know and it just keeps building from there and you're going to go through ups and downs like we did that year but but we never really stopped believing in ourselves and that was the most important thing what about that option line do you remember when it came together oh absolutely yeah <laughs> it was uh you know it was awesome and you know the three of us uh, are still great friends and and um you know we talk all the time and you know it, it was it was a lot of fun we were very competitive the three of us and but we you know we wanted to, we pulled for each other and you know we we, we worked hard for each other and it was uh, it was a great line Rikio said something funny. I asked him about it, and he said, "You guys, you never know that you got along so well on the bench because yeah. he used to give it to each other." Is that true? Oh yeah, we used to. Yeah, we used to. You know, we used to have pretty good little battles on the bench, all three of us. And <laughs> and uh, but we, you know, so, you know, soon it was done. It was never personal. We were competitive guys, and we never took it personal. And you know, like I said, we're still best friends now. So um, you know, we, we the game. You know, the, as soon as the argument was over, we were done. It was over with. You know, it wasn't like it lingered and <laughs> and. Uh, um, you know, nothing ever lingered with us because we knew it was just a, we were all in competitive spirit and we wanted to win and we wanted to do well together. And so it was really no big deal. So. Could you break down why that line works so well, you think? Well, you, you, had, a, you had a whole dynamics, uh, you know, all that obviously you had, you know, Artie was the power forward and, and uh, you know, and, and you, you know, Cully was, a, you know, a tremendous player. He could, you know, he could play the game fast. He could slow it down. He saw the ice so well. And then, you know, I think the combination, you know, obviously I did a little bit of all, all of it. So mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, we were able to really gel together. And, and um, you know, Artie used to tell me, just get me the puck hash, hash mark and below and I'm good. So, you know, so we, we, you know, we always, we had fun that way. And, um, but I think the, the three of us had just a real good chemistry and how we played because, you know, obviously when you have a big power forward, we know what exactly what he's going to do. And Collie and I were real give and go players and, and uh, we're able to, you know, to, to complement each other as well. And you, uh, 
were leading the league in scoring. I think all three of you for a while there, the top three scorers in the league. Yeah, it was, you know, we obviously were playing great. And, you know, you go through a, you know, I think we got real hot together, go through a real good stretch together. And, yeah, we, we got up there and, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the center is usually the driving force, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Cully was a heck of a player and had great vision and re- real competitive guy. So. How sad were you when he got traded? Well, obviously it's always sad, you know, it's, it, it's a sad time. And, you know, like you're, you know, you, you, you know, you, like you said, you played together for a little while and then, you know, when you get traded, but you know, in the end it, it obviously helped us, uh, it helped us propel us to, uh, you know, get Alfie and Ronnie and, you know, those trades are never easy because, you know, you're usually trading good players for good players and, and uh, good people for good people. And that's what happens. So. While the wrecking ball was on the road with the team, I caught up with his line mates, Colin and Stevens. What was it like playing with John, though, already on the ice? You guys uh, had pretty good chemistry, you and Mark Recchi and John Cullen. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, Cullen is um, as good as it gets. You know, we, we, you know I talked about the sentiment I had. He, um, you know, he was as good as sentiment I ever played with. Good as hands, made plays. You know, smart. Knows, you know, he knows the game and knows how to make plays. And, you know, the best thing about the sentiment I played with and with Johnny, the first one, is really they all wanted a punk. You know, so the biggest thing with a good sentiment is, you know, they want that puck in the neutral zone. And once we got, got it to him in the neutral zone, we knew that he'd get to that blue line and then think anything, anything could happen. You know, we, um, we just went to, you know, my job was pretty much to get to the net and have my stick on the ice. And, and Johnny and I would always make the right plays. You know, you're phenomenal with the puck, phenomenal seeing the ice. And, you know, just a smart player, you know, you know, the good, good guys that you know, know the game and know how to make plays. And uh, he was at the top of the list. He was good at making plays. And they learned to play with. And I played with you know some of the best guys in the world. And uh, Mark Recchi was on that right side, and uh, huh? I've heard that he passed the puck really hard. <laughs> yeah, Rex, Rex was. Um, you know, uh, there's no really, you know, you know, nothing really different about my game. I was pretty much straight ahead guy and get those guys a puck, but Rex. Rex could do a little bit of everything. He had a great shot come off. He a left-handed shot come off the right wing. And he had a great shot, but he was a great playmaker, too. Rex really saw the ice well. You know, but two guys like Kelly and Rex were very small in an era where, you know, the game was very tough. Those guys competed as hard as anybody. And I, mean, I think that was the biggest thing in the moment. We, we pushed each other. You know, we might have, we were best friends, so we could say anything. Nothing, you know, no one took anything to heart. We're all trying to do one thing, is become better players and help our team win. And I think... I think that was the best thing about the three of us. We're as good as friends on the ice as off the ice. And, you know, I wouldn't have traded that in for anything. That was, that was a great time. It was a time of my life, really. I remember, uh, Cully, uh, you got involved in some scrums after whistles, and you were a feisty player, like a bulldog out there. And uh, Did you feel safer when you had the big man there next to you, Artie? <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime you have like a, uh-huh. anytime you have like a six four, two hundred forty guy beside you, I can do things like that. You know, <laughs> I can do uh, things like that. Yeah, and we, you, go ahead, Artie. You were going to say? No, we we could get in there and grab people and get people away. There was, uh, you know, Johnny ended up on the other team's bench a lot. I, I remember, I remember when Chris Allen put me in the Ranger bench one year. And I like everybody's looking. For me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. That's. A, those are things you remember forever. Those are good times. I just wanted to, you know, ask you, Artie. I asked Johnny this. Uh, the the start of that season, I thought, laid the groundwork for the end of that season, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. up to that point, Mario 
uh, when he was out, you didn't win. And you guys uh, kind of yeah. took 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 charge of uh, the team at that point and kind of established yourselves as winners, I thought, uh, early in that year yeah. to kind of lay the groundwork, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think I think the first game that you remember in Washington, Colin, I ended up with seven points. I think you had six and Rex had six. You know, Colin and Rex were his best buddies. You know, we kind of, you know, we, we loved to play the game. We loved, you know being at the rink, and we love trying to figure out how to do things, and we did things together on and off the ice all over the place. But the best thing about, you know, like, like say, the best thing about all these things and all this stuff is that, you know, Kelly wanted the puck. You know, I played with them, and they don't want the puck anymore. You know, the, but the one thing I can say, yeah, you know, sticks out most in my mind is, is that you know, he watched the puck, and he wanted to make plays, and now. Uh, you know, he had phenomenal hands. And, you know, I played against the BU study, too, so I knew what type of player he was, and I knew how how great a play, playmaker he was and what the puck. And, uh, you know, it just it was fun. I think I was up and down for a little bit one of those years. And, um, you know, it was just great when we were all able to get up there and, and be part of but something that, you know, became very, a great team. And uh, obviously Kelly was a big part of that. Mario missed the first 49 games that season, and the Penguins were four games over 500 when he returned. Badger Bob kept them in the hunt. And even though the team went 7-9-1 and one upon his return, and even though the Penguins needed a blockbuster trade at the deadline, getting Ron Francis and Alf Samuelson and Grant Jennings for Cullen and Zarley Zalapsky, the winning foundation had been laid. The Penguins went 9-3-2 and two down the stretch, clinched their first Patrick Division title, and went on to win their first Stanley Cup. Mario had played only 26 regular season games. The Penguins went from being a high-scoring, strictly offensive-minded team to becoming a champion. Time runs out. The Stanley Cup has come to the city of Pittsburgh. The 1991 Stanley Cup champions, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, guys, I want to give you this before you go. Uh, Mark Recchi finished on top in scoring for the Penguins that year with 113 points. He had 40 goals. Right behind him was Johnny Collin, who played only 65 games for the Penguins before being traded at the deadline to Hartford. 31 goals, 94 points. Then was Paul Coffey with 93 points. He had 24 goals. And then it was you, Kevin, with 40 goals, 86 points, followed by Yager with 57 points. He had 27 goals. And Mario played 26 games and ended up with 19 goals, 45 points. So that's the scoring at the top, and you guys finished uh, the season without Cully because he went on to Hartford with a record of 41-33-6. And, and I remember, before you go, I did an interview in the locker room the night the Penguins clinched the Patrick Division title, and uh, we were in Detroit, and they let me go in with the camera. So I was in the room, and I might have been talking to you, Artie, but I asked the question about Johnny Cullen. Is, uh, does Johnny Cullen deserve a little piece of this because of what he did? And I remember a few guys in a room, hey, Staggy, you know, like, I, like, like they didn't think that was like a great question maybe under the circumstances. But to this day, I feel like it was. <laughs> I feel like it was, Cully, because I, re- I really do feel like your name if it wasn't on the cup. You certainly, your initials should have been there somewhere because you no, definitely helped the Penguins. Not, I don't think anybody in our team, if anybody did not recognize it, Kelly was the biggest part of, you know, one of the top parts why we got to go we got is this force, you know, is the people, people, people are crazy, you know, they're kidding themselves because we would have been no way even where, anywhere near and everybody knows that. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. And, uh, hey, it's, I'm really glad that I could reunite you guys for a, for a phone conversation. I know, Cully, you're selling cars still down there in Atlanta, and I'm just so glad you're healthy and happy, and uh, thanks a lot for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it.
The current edition of the Penguins has demonstrated a resilience in the absence of their captain that harkens back to those cup teams of the early 90s. Last season, the Penguins had lost their identity as a team that would defend and not just try to score their way to success. And this season, we've watched players like Jared McCann and Zach Aston Reese and Teddy Bluger and John Marino come of age out of necessity and through opportunity. Here's McCann. We've had guys that have kind of accepted their roles and, and um, you know, they've done great jobs for us. You know, obviously Teddy Bluger's been a, the line's been huge for us for shutting down other teams' top lines. And, um, you know, whether it's face-offs, um, you know, our D have been solid for us. You know, I know we've got, you know, two of our top 4D out right now and we've got guys stepping in like Ricola, you know, contributing. Chad Ruedel has been solid for us yet again. So, I mean, we... You know, we have guys who, who just come in and, and accept their role, just simplify the game, and that's all you got to do. And then you win. So what does that do for you as a group in terms of feeling like you're part of something that's special and kind of seems like it brought everybody together in a way? Yeah, it just, you know, your confidence keeps growing. Um, you know, there's there's been, you know, a lot of injuries this year, obviously, with guys, our top guys. And um, like, I, like I said, there's been guys who step up and, and uh, contribute every night. You know, even, you know, some of the guys who are getting opportunities now, they're showing that they can do it, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and when everybody comes back and, and is healthy, we're going to be a, a dangerous team. And here is Aston Reese. I think it just speaks volumes to just the character of, of the guys that have come up through Wilkes. Um, guys like myself, uh, guys like Dom Simone, and like... Um, everybody's taking ownership. I mean, it's easy when you have a guy like Sid and a guy like Gino just to say, oh, they'll take care of it for us. So um, we haven't been able to do that. You know, G missed a, a good handful of games. Sid's been out. Bustad's been out. You know, now Gensi's out. Um, and guys aren't shying away from taking the opportunity. And that's something that Coach talks about with us. So It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. Like, what does it do for you as a player, and what do you think it does for your teammates? And then as a group, what does it do uh, for your psyche to know that you've been successful without these big guys who otherwise are thought of as crucial to any success you're going to have? It definitely gives you a lot of confidence. Um, You know, when they come back, they're obviously going to be slotted in front of you, but um, there's still going to be plenty of opportunity. And, um, you know, I myself personally, I mean, I I feel more confident holding the puck. I feel more confident skating up the ice with the puck and um, just in different situations. Uh, You know, they haven't been going in for me as much as I'd like to, but, uh, you know, I'm still creating chances and I'm still playing well. And um, it's just good for the team, honestly, to know know that um, whether or not we have those guys, we're a good team and, and we're good hockey players. And you guys believe in one another in addition to starting to believe a little bit more in yourself, I assume. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, there's no passengers right now. Everyone's driving the bus and everybody's taking ownership. Evgeny Malkin has bought in and he isn't just leading, he's following the example of the young guys who've bought into what Mike Sullivan is selling in a big way. And you know who's really impressed? The captain himself. As far as the team playing well, um, you know, it's been pretty great to watch. I mean, just as far as you know, the different ways that we've won, uh, different guys stepping up, obviously uh, our leaders, you know, Gino and Tanger, and, um, you know, Rusty's been unbelievable, you know, against until he got hurt there. So, I mean, our goalies, everybody's just found ways to elevate their game, and uh, it's been team effort, you know, each and every night, and uh, that's how you have to win. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, watching that closely has been uh, pretty great to see throughout the entire year. How far will this team go? Well, they're absolutely capable of going all the way. When Sid returns and they get injured defenseman Brian Dumoulin and Justin Schultz back, 
when the general manager works some of his magic before the trade deadline, all the resilience they've shown so far will serve them well in the inevitable moments of adversity that they'll face in April, May, and June. We talked about team concept right from the get-go of training camp, becoming a team, becoming a team that's hard to play against, and and uh, you know, and I think the guys bought in. But then when you have injuries, it just it elevates it where everybody feels that much more important. You know, like they're put into situations where, you know, maybe they weren't going to get that. You know, maybe they weren't going to get. 15 minutes or 14 minutes and they're going to get 10 to 12 but now they're elevated and they feel important and, and they take their game to another level and and that's what all our guys have done and they've done a wonderful job and they and they've played a great team concept and um, they bought into to playing hard playing the right way and and uh, you know managing the, the game the right way you see any parallel at all there yeah I mean obviously you do I mean you know with the skill level like our high-end guys that we had here and then you know you have a group of guys who are just willing to do whatever it takes to win and, and uh, you know they're they're great foot soldiers as we call them, and and uh, there's definitely some parallel there. So no question. Having fun with uh, watching these kids grow. Yeah, having a, having a blast coaching. This year has been you know real refreshing. You know coaching with these guys and and the just every night you know what you're going to get. <clears throat> we haven't had too many nights where it's like oh man we laid an egg, but you know they they've come to play every night and and that's it's always fun to be part of something like that. Enjoy the ride, everybody. That's it for this edition of It's a Great Day for Hockey Talk. I'm Paul Steigerwald, and we'll talk to you next time.